Welcome to today's episode of CLCI Live, brought to you by the award-winning and ICF-accredited school, Certified Life Coach Institute. Sit back, relax, and enjoy today's episode. Hi, everybody. Hello, and welcome. Welcome to another week of CLCI Live. Um, today is an exciting, exciting, exciting topic for us. We're going to be discussing something that I think none of us are absolutely experts in, but it's something mm-hmm. we have been studying uh, for a short amount of time. Um, AI and coaching. Um, coach, will you be replaced by a robot is what we have titled there, which is a little scary. Um, so let's, let's, why don't we dive right in, shall we guys, but let's dive right in with, with a little bit of a softer, you know, approach or what, what defines AI? What is the definition? What, what is the, the, the end all be all definition of artificial intelligence? Cause I think that we, as people think it is, one thing and think it is a lot scarier than it actually is and and think it's a lot further off than it realize it's something we use on a daily basis so um anybody takers <laughs> definition of ai it just stands for artificial intelligence so we kind of i mean just those two words alone, there's a big can of worms involved in those two terms, but we know what intelligence is. We see it all the time. People are intelligent, um, whether, you know, sometimes they're not. Um, but in general, people have intelligence. Animals have intelligence to certain degrees. The artificial bit comes in where it's not natural. It's created by humans, assuming it's created. <laughs> So it's something that is intelligent. It can think on its own, um, but it is created by humans and maybe with a purpose, maybe without a purpose. Um, that's my basic understanding wait, of AI. Wait, wait. I would argue, <laughs> just on that, that, that we always are creating artificial intelligence with some kind of purpose in mind. I mean, otherwise, I mean, what would we be like? Somebody has, a, there's a purpose there. What do you mean by we're always creating things with a purpose in terms of AI or? In terms of AI. In terms of How? AI. Yeah. What? How? What What example? How? Well, I mean, when we're, I mean, why would anybody sit down to create anything in a technological space if it wasn't for a reason, uh, even if it was just to entertain um, them? Um, <laughs> well, from the book that I read, which was not part of our homework, but this book, but, um, <laughs> It goes into some examples of how AI can accidentally happen. Um, You know, it's not intended to make a artificial intelligence, but as systems get more and more complicated, it just sort of, you know, arises, which is very similar to how people think, you know, evolution came about. Like we didn't just one day become intelligent human beings, um, at least speaking just evolution, um, it slowly came about, um, sort of accidentally, same way it could happen for, you know, artificial systems. Um, <laughs> sorry, just reading something. Also, I completely forgot to say something and we'll come back to this right now. Mm. Those of you watching, hi out there, please leave comments. We want to hear from you. This is live so that we can interact with you and we can have, we want you to be a part of this discussion. Um, so please, please, please join in the conversation on that note, on that wonderful definition of what artificial intelligence is, which just to recap, it's technological 
and do we want to say intelligence? That's just saying the same thing. Um, I wouldn't learning, even say technological. It doesn't have to be technological. It doesn't have to be just, just non-natural uh, mm-hmm. learning, essentially, uh, almost, is what we could call it. Um, what Before we delve into the scary parts of it, what... Um, oh, hi, Natasha. Hi, Michael. <laughs> um, is it Or is it Mikkel? I bet it's Mikkel. Um, so what is it about AI... Uh, or what in what are examples of AI that we use currently that, that we're we're probably comfortable with already? Anybody? Your smartphone's got to be the biggest one, I would say. Um, I like to think sometimes as that, and it, honestly, our our phones are an extension of ourselves. So sometimes I kind of imagine us as being a version of artificial <laughs> intelligence due to that. Um, our computers, which if anyone works in an office, you use that on a daily basis. Um, some smart cars. Well, so. to that, and also to that note, you just said your phones, your phones have a mechanism that learns how you speak and predicts, I mean, predictive text. Uh, that right there uh, is very much personalized to you and the way you speak and the way you type things. So AI and learning right there, right? Yep. Different programs that you and I, Brooke, were setting up, we each were assigned a different name as we were investigating things. That was all an AI system that is integrating in at many areas. One of the areas that I was reading that <clears throat> is growing even faster is it working with attention deficit disorder. They tend to utilize that system. Go ahead. I know you're- No, 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 no. I'm just saying ADD right here. <laughs> they have found that it's very successful with the students. Excuse my voice. I have a cold. <laughs> um. Any other examples of ways AI, uh, we use it on a daily basis? Um, You know, starting out self-driving cars. Um, There are some on the road with us already. Um, (laughs) As a friend who has a car that drives itself on the freeways, which is terrifying sounding. But when you think about it, um, it probably drives better than, you know, probably 90% of other drivers on the road. Um, It's just sort of that trust issue that we have sometimes with uh ai and robotics um well and that brings us right into the next topic slash question is why is it that we are scared of ai like the i mean we said of coach would be um what is it that makes us innately go oh my god you know there's terminator terminator t2 we are scared of technology why is that but they could take our jobs um, yeah ai does a lot of things better than or what we hope ai can do is do a lot of things better than pretty much any normal person is capable of um with the self-driving cars you know they can drive better and safer than us um probably 99 percent of the time Where that might be a bad thing is if, what if the entire trucking industry is based off of AI self-driving trucks, then a whole lot of people are out of a job. Um, So that's one scary aspect of AI. Uh, Do you guys have any other? I will say to argue that point though, they're saying that within the next, I think it's by 2025, AI will actually also create 97 million jobs. So um, there's a there's like always two sides of the coin. It just maybe what will happen is we're gonna have to, I guess, adapt uh, and find maybe different things to do. <laughs> um, 
as far as fear is concerned, here's one that might be hard to rebuttal. Um, maybe I would assume um, there's a portion of the population that would be afraid of AI becoming so smart that they're no longer obedient to us, but obviously in a bunch of sci-fi movies that I'm sure some of you guys are familiar with, where they become the dominant, I guess, species, for lack of better words, um, in this space where we no longer have control over them. They are potentially, like for Terminator that came up, already um maybe they're going to eventually try and find their way at the top of the food chain um in society well first and foremost really like, yeah. <laughs> there's a lot of assuming going on in there yeah, exactly. Exactly. <laughs> like what what would the robot's motivation be exactly like we would have to program a robot to be uh despise us as human beings essentially and, and have murderous intentions um unless we're saying that somehow they would develop that but that's also a very human kind of thing um uh which is funny now i was just pulling up a quote um that, that, that so there are varying levels of artificial intelligence so when we talk about the kind of ai that um Jerome is talking about that's would be super artificial intelligence and we aren't there yet that doesn't exist yet um where it, they the machines are basically don't rely on us in some capacity uh the reality is as it stands right now we still have to be there as a human being to program them um but that that can change um thoughts I can tell you what my fear with AI is. <laughs> uh -huh. So when it comes obviously from uh, TV and movies, but how far is too far? You know, what's what's the boundary? Like when you think of Westworld, um, you know, how, how far are we willing to go with it? Um, there's also a show that I love called Humans. And it just it just pushes, you know, the the boundaries of of what we're potentially capable of and i don't know about you but it scared the crap out of me <laughs> i'm uh i'm in this space i'm like let's just go all the way let's just put <laughs> humanity to the side we had our time in the, the limelight it just let the ais do their own thing um <laughs> that means you know making us all go extinct you know it's probably for the best um, I think there's an aspect of also maybe being too reliant on um, AI. Um, what's what's that movie? Um, Wally. That's a good interpretation of um, pretty much the artificial intelligence and robots. They're so um, integral in in our lives to the point where humans are like 500 plus pounds and they don't have to do anything but you know sit on their chairs all day while everything else is automated. So maybe there's that fear of um, us losing our humanity in a sense. Um, that would be something else that I think could come up. So now we're gonna bring this around, back around to coaching in the coaching space. So we've discussed why it's scary. We've discussed all of these things. Within coaching, um, what is it? Well, let's first talk about where AI exists in the coaching space, because it does. There are, AI is happening in the coaching realm. Um, Thoughts. I was just going to answer my own question and then decided to let you guys do it. <laughs> well, certainly not to the degree where I think it's like, I guess, believable that you're working with a coach. It seems more like from what I've seen for like any sort of automated, like I have a goal or a question and it spits back information back to me. 
it definitely feels like I'm just working with like a program or some sort of online like questionnaire that doesn't feel like coaching. I will say I recently had that experience. Um, I signed up for a program for a different reason, but they were like, oh, you get a coach. And I was like, well, this will be fun. Let's see how it goes. And I, I, they sent me a message and then I responded to the message, but there was no response back. And then I responded again and there was no, and I was like, this is a bot. And now I'm annoyed because you have just sent me a picture pretending to be a person and it is very clearly a bot. And um, that to me is a deception that, that was just, it was, I just, it annoyed the crap out of me. Um, be honest about that. Uh, but again, I, like Anthony said, it's not going to give me, at least if the technology isn't there, in my opinion, where I don't know or can't figure out very quickly that it is a, a robot I'm working with um, or talking to. Um, not to say that that technology won't change uh, and, and we won't get to that point. Um, yeah. So that's um, what's called the Turing test, which is, you know, it's a test applied to determine whether or not a normal person could identify if a AI was human or not. And if you can't identify whether or not it's human, then it passes uh, the Turing test. If you immediately find out and you get the stinking suspicion that, oh, this is probably like an AR robot I'm talking about, doesn't pass. And that's sort of like the gold standard when people try to come up with like human level AI, which I don't think we've gotten there yet, um, at least from what I've seen. No, I don't think so. But that's, again, not to say something that we want to rest our laurels on, because one of the things um, that to keep in mind is that we technology moves at like I was just telling Lisa this, uh, the, the, if this is the angle for technology development, this is the line for us using it um, and integrating it. So technology develops exponentially faster than we as a human be human species can actually utilize that technology. Um, and so it would be remiss of us to, to think that, 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 well, because it doesn't exist today, that it won't exist and probably far sooner than we expect um, or even are ready for. Um, but does that mean that robots will replace the human coach? I don't think so. <laughs> I don't think that this is replaceable. I don't think that the, the human to human connection is replaceable by AI at all. So I'm not scared of, of what it means for coaching, even in the slightest. But have you had a connection that was not human to human connection to like compare it to though? In terms of coaching though, like the only thing we have to compare is human to human. Um, what know, I'm right? sort of getting at is what if human to AI turns out to be better? Um, so that was, I would have to, I would have to want to connect with AI. And mm -hmm. if I don't want to connect with AI, it's never going to happen. So, so the, in the, this, um, I was just recently watching an interview with a gentleman who has, had done, um, a whole bunch of basically it's been, been studying these very, this very topic for a while. And they, there was two co conflicting arguments. One that we hear from Jen, which is the argument that we as people and as coaches want to believe that that empathetic, that, that human, human, that, that thing that is, um, is unique and special. And it's something people want and crave. The other side of the coin is one of the experts who uh, coaches that has been using AI coaching said that more than 50% of the people who use it actually prefer 
the AI for a few reasons, because, and this is that just, but I mean, more than 50 is a significant amount, but still we're half and half, um, but because they can access it at any time, they don't have to worry about a schedule or anything like that. So if they're having a, you know, a crisis or a question, the AI is always there and it can always, will always answer its question day or night, 24 hours a day. Also to um, it's a level of autonomy and um, sort of non-judgment that you can't get with a human being 100% because there's always that thought process in the back of our head that we're being judged. But you know, when you're dealing with a robot, there's no judgment there being made. So it's kind of this weird balance, right? Um, what do you want? And I think that really comes down to knowing who your client is and what your client wants. Good point that he brought up though in that, in this whole thing was that within that space though, what, what, where, where the technology certainly is not and is far off from is when you get into more expert coaching. Um, so coaching more expert and complicated topics, be, you know, uh, when you're dealing with all kinds of nuances and personalities and all these things and having to take that into account. And um, so the more complex your coaching is, the safer you'll be in this space, whereas just straightforward, like sort of linear, more generic general kind of coaching is really the one that's more, I guess, at at risk in this space, if that makes sense. Um thoughts or feelings in that regard <laughs> i mean we're, we're talking kind of about a hypothetical like the, where ai currently is right now i don't yeah. even think it's at the standard where it can handle the simple level coaching but if we talk about the hypothetical possibilities with ai i don't see a reason why it couldn't tackle the more complicated um i guess techniques of coaching um I don't see why it wouldn't be able to do that or do it even better than I guess a human coach would, or at least equivalent. I guess what, what where they're, what they are sort of what he was, when he talked about that and speaking in that realm, when you're dealing like, let's say with corporate coaching, you've got to be able to understand um, levels, I guess, of human interaction and, and sort of societal, just sort of the things that, that how do you program um, personalities, not and who somebody is in certain particular situations, these very specific kind of things that have complex levels. So when you're looking at like in corporate coaching, you're thinking about not only staff and personality, but also, you know, money coming in, opportunity, um, strategy. There's a whole bunch of elements that how do me as a client communicate the sort of basic social structures that exist to an AI so that they would understand because uh, there's some subtlety and nuance in there that maybe, like you said, even now we're not getting subtlety and nuance is lost in many ways in an AI space still. Is that correct? I mean, would you agree with that or? Yeah, I would. I mean, that's a lot to take in, but I would agree. Lot, with right? I would just also say people are not the best at subtlety and nuances as is. Um, yeah, <laughs> you know, I, the human coach and it feels weird to say that human coach um, <laughs> that is a skill that takes a long time to develop as a coach is identifying the subtleties and nuances in your client's behavior and trying to figure out the right question to ask based on that and not knowing really if you made the right um you know decision or not so that's not something that i don't think humans innately have in themselves is that just like 
yep, we got it. We know subtlety and nuance, you know, better than anything else. I don't think we're really that good at it to begin with. As you're sharing that, I'm also thinking, like, when we talk about PCC-level coaching and what PCC-level coaching is, we really get into that sort of listening behind the question, uh, listening to, and I guess you could program a, a something to know, like, detect if, a, if you know, their voice inflection and things like that, but, and, and to learn language, uh, like our text and our, you know, our, our text to learn, or what is that, predictive text, um, so that they can then mirror and do things like that. I think though that 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 element of, of asking behind the question, which is something you know we teach, is that sort of it's an advanced level of understanding, an advanced level of human understanding, um, that could be more difficult for for a robot to to easily know. But who knows? Really, it could, I I would argue it could be easier for them to know. <laughs> okay, now I'm going into like very sci-fi levels of. Um, thought here but what if you could have an ai coach that could measure your heart rate measure you know the different hormones going through your body like cortisol if you're stressed what if it could measure your brain waves as you're talking throughout the conversation i see you are stressed anthony (laughs) i'm not going to like a whole different inappropriate direction but um yeah i mean there's the argument to be made that an AI could do that better too. Um, see the behind the scenes. And we're talking now like we're going to, we're mixing psychology and psyche, psychiatry into this. Physiology yeah, as well. Physiology I mean, into coaching that, you know, not really any coach can give right now. I know that Lisa has used technology in her practices before. She want to share about that? <laughs> uh, well, I've also been trained in neurofeedback and contemplated using that as well as well as something as simple as the oh gosh now i've forgotten the um oximeter oximeter am i saying that correctly mm-hmm. i'm not hearing it correctly anyway where it measures your oxygen rate your pulse rate and we've definitely used it in my coaching sessions <coughs> for the client to be much more aware of where they're coming from. I never did utilize the neurofeedback system. Um, it was a big debate in my in my head on whether or not I wanted to follow through with that. But the simple little oximeter worked really well to allow that biofeedback. Because I mean, I, from what you had told me, it was in real time that the client could recognize on their own if their heart rate was increasing, um, if they were, their breathing had changed and it was a way for them to identify sort of on their own, the physical changes that they have um, in the moment. And sort of that could be addressed if they wanted to address why that might be happening. Mm -hmm. Um, Or know that that wasn't the time to have um, a discussion because it would be an easily um, side yeah. Figuring. You're talking about couples coaching. So if you like, if you, his heart rate is now suddenly racing and uh, maybe this is a topic we want to sort of be delicate with right now, mm-hmm. <laughs> um, which is a smart use of those tools. <laughs> so, I mean, in that space and on that note, that's a great example of we are, are we're innately our gut shot reaction, I think, is always at first to go, oh, my God, tech is going to replace us you know this is there's a space that this could happen what do we do oh my god i think though and i'm this is a prediction (laughs) um what will define 
successful coaches in the future from the ones that sort of will fizzle out, it pop the buzz bubble as it were, are the coaches that are willing to embrace tech, utilize it, figure out how to integrate AI in a way that is beneficial to them and beneficial to them in their practices. And I think that that will make a big, I guess, division between uh, who really is able to really thrive in the future versus the one the coaches who will not be able to. Um, as I was listening to this the this document or the this interview, um, it was just became more and more apparent to me how important it is to stay in, in an adaptive space and and be willing to embrace that technology because ultimately if we had technology to answer every email <laughs> um to to you know do all of auto do everything for for us mind you we might say oh no we wouldn't have a job but maybe instead we would have a job doing something far more productive like we would be able to take our time and utilize our time and expertise in ways that is uh, far more satisfying than than maybe doing those sort of monotonous tasks that someone like me with ADD abhor. <laughs> so, um. so I've got a question then that might get to the heart of why maybe AI coaching will not be something viable in the future. And my question is, what is the difference between now consulting and coaching i know it's a hypothetical question but what is someone getting out of consulting versus what they're getting out of coaching well i mean with consulting you expect the consultant to have a level of expertise so they're going to give you answers Mm -hmm. whereas with coaching we are not giving answers (laughs) well we are assisting in the discovery of answers Mm -hmm. (laughs) and the expertise is going to help us follow that flow where that client is going. So still being the expert by receiving that information and having the ability to bounce back and ask that client. So then my question is, why would I, if I have the option between getting an answer immediately or discovering the answers for myself, why would I ever choose discovering the answers for myself? Why wouldn't I every single time choose to have the answer immediately before me and have that answer hopefully be correct. Sustainability of that process, I would say, kind of like going back to, um, what does it take a man to fish? You feed him for a day, teach him how to fish, feed him for a lifetime. Mm -hmm. Uh, I think having an understanding of how to get to that answer, to get to that solution um, is, if you can understand it, um, bounds more, you know, valuable than just getting a one-off type explanation solution at that time immediately. That, you know, what's funny is uh, this just reminds me of something that I went camping and like camping where you had no cell reception, like where you do, nobody could Google anything. And let me tell you, the arguments never ended like <laughs> because the, the, the utilization of Google, um, uh, it, it, there's a big meme of mine, like, Nobody told me that growing up and being an adult was going to mean I just Google the answer to everything. Essentially, that is what I mean, we have that at our fingertips now to some degree. We can just type in and get our answer. Um, mind you, does it always mean we listen? No. Does it always mean that we, we're going to buy it or believe it? No. There is a lot of um, distrust that goes on in those spaces, which, which um, I think 
is why we tend to prefer to sort of test and come up with the answers ourselves. And and um, my dad would say life is a is a just a whole bunch of trial and error. Like that is what life is. It is it is you try it, it works or it doesn't. You learn and you try something else. Like that's that's how you keep going and that's what life is. Um, and that's how we learn as human beings. And I think that we can't just throw out that inclination of the desire for us to learn and have ownership and maybe even come up with something that we feel like is uniquely ours or new to us. We own it. The only idea somebody likes better than a good idea is their own idea. Um, so that's the point I'm trying to, I was trying to get out with my hypothetical questions, bro. People don't seem to be buying and becoming clients for coaches just for the sole reason of achieving their goal. They're also, they're pretty much buying the satisfaction of coming up with an answer themselves and doing the work themselves, which a consultant doesn't really, and we're talking now AI consultant, an AI consultant wouldn't really provide you um, that sort of, you know, I guess that innately emotional response of, I accomplished this myself through coming up with my own solutions, um, which is why maybe AI coaching will not be vi as viable as we think it is in the future, because an AI would be able to hypothetically be the expert that could provide super specific answers and goals for you at a moment's notice. Although I think the way that they're programming AI coaching coaches is to just be the question asker. Mm -hmm. is to just it's that it's programmed just to ask questions and not to actually offer anything but to just ask those questions um and so from a database of questions it pulls what it for whatever mm -hmm. reason thinks is the correct question in that particular situation that though right there explains why expertise is critical doesn't it because if we have a very specific thing we want to work on <laughs> um maybe the i mean a general bot that can, you know, go through a database of questions may not have the nuance that the very specific, that very um, targeted uh, question to ask because it, it's not going to pull, you know, the, the, that, those kind of specifics. You'd have to have like a coach well, bot for every specific situation, right? I mean, don't we have coaches who have their own niches because yeah. we know that coaches can't be the expert in everything. So why couldn't I have like a program that said, okay, here's my problem or here's the goal I want to achieve, and that matches me with an AI, that's an expert in that. Well, that's what I mean, is that's the, we would have to have as many AIs as there were people. I mean, it, practically, which is where it starts to get kind of, for me, not worth the, the, the build. <laughs> you know what I mean? Um, at that point, because it can I mean, I, we can get more general, but I just think that, that, that that's why it's so critical for that, for, 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 to thrive in this future space is one, to integrate the technology, and then two, to uh, also to be an expert in it, if you can. Um, in that space too, is there any ways that we can think of how a coach who wanted to be technically savvy might embrace technology, AI, and use it in their practices? I'm gonna let someone else do the talking now i've been chit-chatting too much <laughs> i think we've already said it though that it can be the initiation of the beginning of the sessions to get the details to get what they're there for to ask the basic questions um and then get into the more funness of what coaching really is i um, could mm -hmm. 
Yeah, I, I could also imagine even before then, maybe for client intake, um, just to kind of bypass yeah. some of that, again, mundane, sometimes mundane, that mundane process of determining whether or not you want to work with a client. Um, using AI could maybe kind of shorten that gap as far as working with someone and initiating first contact. One of the, that was a suggestion made in the interview that I watched is that, that there's a lot, usually the first session is a lot of discovery and it's sort of this more like generic session that, that then brings you down to a more targeted focus so that then you can do the deeper work and using the AI maybe for that discovery, more general stuff. And then when you want to get into the more targeted, deeper work, that's when the human coach steps in. Um, and as you said, intake forms, those are great. I mean, anything, uh, email automation, <laughs> um, scheduling. <laughs> yes. I mean, I have an automated assistant, like my, I have, I, I've named her, her name is red and, um, red tells me when my appointments are red makes my appointments for me. Red reminds me of my appointments and she's very important to me. <laughs> um, uh, so I, I think that, that that kind of embracing can make our lives easier so we can focus on other things and focus on what's more, give us more time. Mm -hmm. <laughs> We're so scared of technology, but perhaps it's, uh, it does wonderful things so that we can, we can enjoy life more <laughs> and do what we want. Um, it can be both, right? It can be scary and also good. <laughs> Both can be true. It can also be a pain to learn. <laughs> um, that's what, I mean, again, the learning curve. Um, uh, one of the things they said is the vast majority of coaches now are over 40, but they are seeing a flood of coaches that are younger, millennial coaches, and, and coming into the market and starting to coach. And those coaches will have a much more innate understanding and also more openness and willingness to embrace sort of AI and technology. Um, and you really think about it, their clients will probably be similar. So I think that there will be a natural evolution that happens um, in this space as well. I'm just waxing philosophic now. <laughs> well, uh, I've got a philosophical question then in regard, and we're, if we're looking at specifically ICF accredited uh, AI coaches or human coaches um, ethics. Would it be better or would it seem to be better that if there's a certain ethical guidelines that both human coaches or AI coaches have to follow, wouldn't you think that the AI coaches would be the sure bet? They would not break it. You mean, uh, I'm not going to be sexually harassed by a robot? Is that what you're saying? You be, unless you chose that kind of robot. I don't know. I might be, I might be that robot flavor. Who knows? <laughs> what was that, uh, Brooke, the movie uh, Interstellar, where like they could change like the humor yes. settings. The humor settings the harassment yeah. settings on your coach robot. <laughs> yes, exactly. Uh, Those robots are awesome. <laughs> yeah, but like, I mean, to bring it to more serious question, like if you're looking for a coach, you want to have an ethical coach who is not going to take advantage of you or do any sort of unsavory stuff. Why not go with the AI coach? That takes me to a deeper thought process though, which is ethics are that ethics in general, that is based on a societal construct, is it not? And mm -hmm. so who is deciding the ethics of the robot and who's to say those ethics align with my ethics? Um, oh, 
isn't that the case with the ICF right now? They have a code of ethics that we agree to. Whether or not they match my personal ethics, I mean, they're it's pretty good ethics, I'd say. Um, in all of but, this discussion, though, hmm. I, I can't, I'm sorry, just to interrupt, but in the back of my head, I'm thinking, at the end of the day, though, I don't want to have a conversation with a robot. I don't. Like, that's why I was so fed up, like, with that. I just don't. I mean, Alexa's cool and all, but she's not my best friend. Like, <laughs> um, I mean, I talk to her, but we're never going to have a deep conversation. Every so often she tells me stories, but really, I know she's a robot, and it's just, it's not that, the same. <laughs> that word's going to be a slur in about 20 years, Brooke. The what? R word. The R word, robot. Robot. <laughs> Oh, that's actually, that's, wow, that's, it. that's a really interesting thought, Anthony, that, that that's going to be, a, you know, non- I'm sure some AI is going to get offended, like, whoa, yeah. I'm not like a whoa, robot, like whoa. Alexa. <laughs> well, that was, I mean, the, her, the movie Her is kind of in that space. Uh, Jen, mm -hmm. I know you listened to that, um, the, 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 the Hidden Brain episode that I did, and that was, I mean, it blew my mind. It was crazy because um, we as human beings do actually form attachments to robots. And we, we do. We, we have an attachment to Alexa. We have, and when we name something, oh, my God, we get extra attached. So, but still, I as a person would rather be working with another human being. I just would prefer that, honestly. <laughs> I'll, I'll, tell you, I'll tell you why on my end. And it was something, Brooke, you said. You said... Um, that a robot could hold a space of non-judgment in a way a human can't. And when you said that, I thought, exactly, which is why that robot space of non-judgment, to me, it's not real. It's not a real space of non-judgment. The yeah. human space of non-judgment is I what matters. the idea of being like, I'm doing this because the robot told me to. <laughs> why i just i and, and maybe that is something that is just a hang-up of us humans we need to get over it <laughs> um but yeah, what, what is i i'm kind of curious i want to go deeper into that okay what is the difference between a non-human space of non-judgment and a human space of non-judgment what do you get from that human non-judgment that's different no i think she wants human judgment she wants no. that judgment. <laughs> I want human non-judgment. And to me, that that's a special thing that another human being can offer. Like that's a sacred space to me, if someone can offer me that. That's empathy, right? We're talking about empathy. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Well, I think too, I mean, I think though, again, this is going to get us into another discussion. Judgment, we do actually want our coaches to have some judgment. We want them to have that human understanding of uh, that human life experience that makes them be able to connect with me because they understand what it is to be a human being um where that a, a robot won't ever understand what it is to be a human being maybe maybe in like it can be programmed we can try to tell it we can you know but ultimately it's not going to have a human experience the way a human being and that, and maybe I, we shouldn't, maybe we should throw this out the window. Maybe this is terrible for me to say, but, but ultimately I would trust the human who has the human experience more than I would trust the robot. Part of me is saying, Brooke, you are so wrong because I know that, that when they do like 
like assessments for like danger and things like um even we're our judgment is so flawed it's crazy um <laughs> and easily influenced and and you can't influence a robot but i think in the space of coaching i don't know i feel like i would just want another human being i just got uh, done yeah. watching blade runner so like everything you just said i throw it out the window <laughs> No, no, no. Um, and they would tell you so, like uh, insurance agents that one, it's a they, they do like risk assessment. Um, in the space of risk assessment, they have found that our we are so exponentially wrong most of the time. And if you have a better, there are robots that can do so much better. But we rail against it because the robot must be wrong. But the reality is, it's right, and in any flaws it has, are exponentially less than the mistakes we as people make <laughs> so, so, um, so right now we have airplanes flying by computer more oh, yeah. than we have pilots flying them and <laughs> if, if we remember the pilot i don't know 10 years ago when he landed in the hudson river i think yeah but, but he was all kinds of research and information to see if the computer could have done a better job and by no no it's his judgment and his job. experience and he was a rebel <laughs> um uh and he saved a ton of lives uh there's a great documentary that or not documentary um, a podcast that, that sort of goes into that that's brilliant yeah. um the other thing too though is as you were saying that it sort of clicked for me it's a matter of emotion um so it's a matter i, I think ultimately for me I, I want another thing that understands what emotion is, understands what that, that is to be human. Okay. Um, here's my, let me give you, throw that question back at you. Do, can <laughs> you tell me what an emotion is? Well, I, that's what I mean when I say feeling like that, feel like I, I, I shouldn't have to, I don't want to have to explain it. I want to, I want someone who knows what that is and already knows what it is. Okay. What if the AI says, I understand, what if the AI says, I understand and I know what an emotion is. I'll be like, no, you don't. Cause you've never felt it. Go away. How do you know? Other people, <laughs> well, okay. Brooke, how do you know that other people other than yourself feel emotions? Uh, well, because we, we know that we do. We're, we're of the same ilk. How do you know that? Well, I know that, that, that everybody has a different and unique experience, and we would assume. But again, I think in the space, we are drawn to coaches that are like us and that are that are able to help us in, in the areas, and this is where the expertise comes in, that we can be helped and we identify and choose them in those spaces and based around that, that connection that we're already forming with them. Um, how do I choose a, a, an AI? I mean, I just, it didn't work for me. I don't know. But mind you, now, if it's for something that is non-emotional, like doesn't have anything to do, like, it's just like, okay, I got to get to point C. I need something. It gets just, if I can, if it's very mechanical, I guess you could say, then I can picture doing it a robot, being a robot. But the moment I get to a space where it's something deeper than that, I don't mm -hmm. want to have that emotional moment, one, alone, and two, with a, with a robot. No, but a robot can't give me a hug. All I'm saying is, and what I'm getting at is, I think we're putting ourselves on too high of a pedestal. And this is, if we're getting to real some philosophical BS right now, I'm pretty much <laughs> a materialist in the sense that there's no like spiritual like area of emotion. An emotion is like a physical process that happens in our bodies and our brain. 
I don't see a reason why that couldn't be the case for an AI where they also have an emotion because it's a fairly, it's a physical process either way. So I can't see why a robot robot couldn't have empathy or have emotions or give you a hug, Brooke. And that often, <laughs> well, yes, I don't want my cousin hugging me anyways. There's something that I just, it's, I, and maybe that's, I mean, maybe you're right. Maybe we can program a robot to be, think, feel, be, and know what a human being is and, and have that 100% human experience. Um, why would we, we would want to, I don't know. Um, just to see if we can, I suppose. Um, but I guess it's just that thing. It's like the, the argument of, of, I, it's just not the same to me <laughs> and in the same way that I can't put words to it um I just feel and maybe that'll change though I Alexa but, again she doesn't come for me she's not like my best friend she's here we might have a conversation now and again but it, I know it's not a person <laughs> well, and that's, and that's going to be part of that growing curve that you mentioned earlier I guess I got that backwards. How do you do it? Anyway, <laughs> the idea that there's going to be some that do and some that don't. And uh, at some point that curve will get smaller, but there's probably always going to be that versus that. Mm-hmm. Well, and I think maybe, and maybe it comes a time that it is something we're used to, you know, it's just, and maybe people are more comfortable. Uh, maybe, and I, that, that's just, again, uh, it's one of those things where I say there's probably room for everybody, right? <laughs> um, and and uh, it'll evolve how it's meant to, and we will evolve as we're meant to in that space. Uh, Natasha. Natasha, Natasha Stevens has a question. I know, I see Natasha Stevens' question. And we have answers, maybe, possibly. <laughs> Anthony's maybe, pretty... Possibly. Uh, we're, waiting, we're waiting on bated breath for her. Pretty what, bro? Anthony's advocating pretty hard here. I'm wondering. Yeah, if I'm AI taking a hard line stance. He's Are you AI? I'm just. <laughs> I was. I was this close. As we're waiting for the question, I was this close to not doing the live too because I had other work. But then I got whipped into a frenzy, and now I'm taking my hard line stance. Yeah, <laughs> I have been without you. Gosh, you guys have all been like anti-robot and anti-AI. <laughs> He's got a book. He's got a book. There's no way he couldn't be part of this. I'll give a shout out. Uh, Life 3.0. It's a very good book um, because the author writes it for, like there's different chapters for a more technical audience. And then there's chapters for more layman um, sort of armchair. I will say too, though, like right now, Anthony, what we're doing, we are working on automating uh, as much as we can uh, for Mm -hmm. a lot of things. So Anthony and I are, both people who very much use uh, and, and we're, I'm very I'm so pro like my philosophy is automate delegate outsource <laughs> um, uh, I have one more in there <laughs> oh optimize there we go and so that I mean that knowing full well that uh, when you've done all the little details of nuanced things that become very repetitive having that done for you is so it's such a luxury and the ability to do it and the fact that we can as easily as we can now. Mm-hmm. Um, like with with Zapier or Zapier, <laughs> um, it's awesome. Uh, um, that that coding is basically at our fingertips is is something that I cherish. I can see on the other side of the coin though why one it would be scary for programmers and also why it would be scary too for folks who aren't intimidated um, in that space as well. 
but it's getting easier. That's the cool thing about technology is every it's everything about it is about making it more and more user friendly. Like it's that sort of the the directive of technology, successful technology is if you can make it user friendly, it's going to get better and and thrive and it becomes more and more tangible to the average person. That's what I have. Oh, go on, Jen. Where does intuition come into play with AI? Because that's a big part of my coaching is tapping into my intuition. So how would a coach? Okay. Let's, let's get down to the brass and taxes. What is intuition, Jen? Yeah. Um, it's stuff that comes up that I don't really know where it's coming from or why it's coming but it's there and it comes to the surface and it, I offer it to my client. So what, what my, I'm going to tell you immediately, which is kind of funny is that if you've done a lot of look into the way our brain operates is large for huge part of our um, thought process, essentially the way we take in the world is done subconsciously. And the, what we call intuition is actually our subconscious brain recognizing patterns and being able to pull that pattern out and then have this, we know because and it's all done on this awesome subconscious level of life experience where what what i can see is if somebody and this is would be a mountain of work right like i the idea of programming it just is overwhelming to me but there are people that would it becomes an if then if we're if we are if our brain is like a, a computer it's running its own if then statements all the time subconsciously if this happens then i should do this if this happens and that's where our intuition comes in is that if then done subconsciously so in the same speak we could program a, if then you know a million times so that then the that that computer is going to run through its its long library just the same way our brain does of this possibility and then come out with what the best answer is or what the best question is um which is why I was like, as I'm saying this, I know, because <laughs> I, but I think that there is, um, again, that's why that, that intuition married with expertise becomes something that is very critical in this space. Um, did I explain that right, Anthony? I, I think so. <laughs> um, <You're not> <laughs> it, it kind of detracts a little bit from, you know, Jen's statement, but, you know, <sighs> I've, I've, my thoughts are getting even more confusing. I'm thinking more about this. Um, well, the intuition. That's. I mean, go yeah. ahead, Lisa. Yeah. So yeah, I followed you every step of the way, and I feel like you nailed it pretty well. I think where the human piece comes in, and Jen's piece, is that we're going to get to the question probably a little quicker than probably that AI when we're in that deeper dive experience. But at the same time, we could get it wrong and then AI could be just that simple question could take it. So again, I think it's going to come back to a combination that works uh, in that in that space and that combination of uh, what that client needs in that moment. Can an AI do it mm, to a point? I think yes, but then there's going to be that human missing element yeah. that you, Brooke, have been speaking on. And well Frankly, I, I like the human element. I don't like someone telling me what to do. I don't, I like people being interested in what I'm saying and asking me questions so that I can build my thought process to that next step on where I want to go. Go ahead. 
I think too, I mean, that's, I think that we would be, um, it would be hubris to think that we, what we think and offer couldn't be replicated. Um, uh, but where I think that, that a machine can never fully replicate is in being an actual person. And there is a value in that. There just is a value. There's an energy. There's that something. There's that magnetic field that we we um, exert that goes eight feet around us that we can read innately um, that, that you just don't get from a robot. When I rock into a room of machines, I'm not going to get the same kind of um, excitement and energy as I am going to get when I walk into a room full of human beings. It's just not we. Even if they programmed them to release pheromones, I don't care. <laughs> it's not going to be the same to me. <laughs> it's that perfection element. We don't want perfection. We think we want perfection, and we really don't. Even us as coaches, if we ask <clears throat> the wrong question, it can still lead to artistry and go down the path of Amen. what. Amen. By the way, amen to that, because right there, it is the imperfections that make, make us beautiful. Like that's, that's that human experience is that, is that, that, that is what makes things unpredictable. Right. And to some degree, we like unpredictable. <laughs> um, and you're not going to get that with a robot. I like that, 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 I mean, that, I love that. There's, there's beauty there that I quite enjoy. So thank you for that, Lisa. From me, I don't know if anybody else appreciated it, but I did. I, I appreciate it a lot, and um, I just it make it makes me think about how sometimes I'll ask a question and then I'll think to myself real quick, "Ooh, I could have gone in a completely different direction," and then I watch magic happen in front of me with my client, and I'm like, "Wow, you know, I didn't even think that was the right question, but it was." And um, yeah, so I appreciated that, Lisa. I mean, if everything was the same and if it was, it'd be boring, right? You'd be bored. <laughs> um, Lisa, well, I would there, would, there would be no growth either. There'd be no growth because that perfection is not the skill we have. We haven't been born with it and, and we don't want it. We get bored with it. And yeah. I think um, that's about to return to Natasha's question yeah. though, we kind of glazed over that um, a little while ago, but she asked, with all this info, do you think the IT gurus at CLCI can begin to start finding even more material to teach, keep us abreast of this stuff and create your own, your own for the school that we can use? If you know it's coming, can you get out in front of it and be the forerunners of something within CLCI that no one else has done? We've kind of been doing that. Um, I don't think AI is at the level where you know, we can do more than just have this kind of conversation. But, you know, myself, Brooke, and like a lot of the other team members at CLCI, like we do our best to be at the forefront of technology. Um, we're constantly updating our curriculum to match that as well. Um, it used to be before, like before COVID, I guess, you know, coaching was only done kind of in person. Now we're learning to integrate technology more and more into coaching. And it's pretty much assumed I feel like it's assumed that all of our coaches do coaching virtually. Um, I, I think too, we can get out ahead of the game. I know that we've explored all kinds of options um, as far as even, you know, going out as far as building apps, programs, things like that. Um, and these are, nothing's off the table, I think for us. Uh, the other end of the coin or flip side of that too, is we, there's this concept we've talked about before of um, creating friction and sometimes we have to exist in a realm of um, 
sort of meeting people where they're at, but also being capable of introducing them to new things. So you don't want to overwhelm. And so like, if we were so far ahead of the ball, we would probably be incapable of helping as many people or, or teaching as many people as we can. So you want to find this sort of happy medium between um, being capable of introducing these ideas and introducing new things, but doing so in a way that is um, uh, for the sake of a, a business and for the sake of, of uh, those who our client is in a way that they are capable of understanding and adapting and integrating into their their lives and practices as well. Mm -hmm. So so we want it's to, a, it's a balancing act, <laughs> I would say. Now on our back end side of things, like the, we want to and also yeah. for the sake of our coaches to, um, you know, embrace technology, don't try to fight against it because technology can save you a lot of time. Um, especially when your business starts to pick up and, you know, you start to find a lot of success. It requires more of a time investment and saving as much time as possible is key. Um, in my opinion, for a very successful business, um, and can it be an elective course? <laughs> we'll work on it we'll work on it we hear you <laughs> might be something in the future might be like a c c is it cce is that what the icf continuing yeah that's the thing too also one of the things that you may not realize too is we will always have the human element not only because we want it and we believe in it but because icf requires it so <laughs> it's not going anywhere <laughs> Um, but, uh, all right, guys, final thoughts, round table. <laughs> um, I think I would say let's here, if I can, I want to ask all of you guys, are you afraid of technology or are you not? And my stance on it is no, because it's inevitable. It's going to happen. Um, doing the research, even in coaching, that's something that we all can see is coming. Um, but I think to, both embrace it and then also to understand that I think personally nothing can replace a human truly. Um, there's just too many differences. They might, you know, there, there might be a space of um, equality that kind of makes it seem as though it is the same, but just outright, there is no replacing a human. So I would say kind of similar to um, just really to equate to something that might be easy to understand, uh, similar to maybe an uncertified coach and a certified coach. There's always going to be differences, not to say necessarily one's better than the other, but there's always going to be someone looking for a certified or sometimes an uncertified coach, just like someone's always going to be looking for a human. And potentially there might be someone looking for that AI, which might be a little bit more immediate, but different than a human. So I'm not afraid. I would say embrace it and uh, roll with the punches as it comes. So as someone who is older than all of you that are in this at the moment, <laughs> rolling with the punches, the technology can be a challenge. If you let it stay a challenge, that's where the mistake is going to be. It is about plugging forward, getting through it, learning. I mean, every time we get a new phone, how many times is there that little bit of a learning curve? You get frustrated, you put it down, you pick it back up again, and you start that continued learning. So honor who you are, continue that learning, continue that growing, even with technology. One step, small step. What is that? One step for mankind. No, one small step and moving into that direction is one step closer than you were before. So just keep moving in that way. Adapt, 
grow and allow that to be a function that enhances who you are as a coach versus being uh, something that takes away from who you are. Thanks. I'll give my final thoughts. Um, as far as AI coaching goes, when it's at the point that it competes with human coaches, we probably have bigger issues to worry about um, instead of just coaching in terms of a societal level, but also uh, don't discount AI coaches because they're different. Um, we, you know, go, we now, you know, go to coaches because they can give us a third person sort of objective point of view. Maybe AI coaches could give us an even more objective point of view or even a completely different view than you wouldn't have ever expected. So just, you know, keep it in your mind, but it's probably not that much of a problem that you have to worry about I immediately. Before, before Jen, before you give your answer, um, uh, oh, you were you just talking about robot inclusivity, essentially. Mm -hmm. um, and on that note, I'm going to let that dovetail into a quick mention. Next week, we will be having Natasha Stevens here, and we'll be talking about diversity mm -hmm. and inclusion and what it means for coaching. Um, so I just wanted to quickly mention. Beautifully for me, so. Jen. Jen. Very excited, Natasha, to have you next week. Um, so my final thoughts are that I think there's space for both um, coaches who embrace technology and coaches who don't. I think there's space for both. Per personally, I do. Because I think that there are there's still room for the people that are going to pass out their business cards and get out there in their community and do all the old school stuff. I think there's still a need for that. But yes, there is also a need for coaches to embrace technology and and just automate some of the stuff, like we mentioned, that is time consuming, the scheduling, that type of thing, the intake forms. Um, and uh, something that I learned with technology that always is something I like to remind people that struggle with technology is um, there's always a YouTube video. There's always a tutorial. You just have to go look for it. Don't get stuck spinning your wheels. Go YouTube it, how to X, Y, Z, and it will be there. And um, yeah, don't forget, you always have access to that. I, I've gotten stuck in the past and uh, not anymore. Now, anything I don't know, I'm like, oh, I can figure it out. I have the resources. I can figure it out. So. That's that balance between resources and time. Because I know recently I was getting very frustrated with um, some API, like backend coding stuff. And I was like, I could learn this or I could hire somebody. <laughs> because I just reached the point where I'm like, so worst case scenario, you can always hire somebody. There's always an expert there for you too, um, who is looking for work probably. <laughs> um, beyond that too though, in that realm and on that last note, um, am I scared of technology? No, I'm scared of my um, ability to um, stay up to date with it and look, keep it, be fresh with it. That's what I, I get scared of my learning curve and my patience level. And, and the fact that I want to be savvy and I want to be on the pulse and I want to, but, but at some point, and it already has, it's going to just exponentially escape me. And I know that is inevitable and that's what scares me, honestly. But what comforts me on the other side of things is that 
again, technology is always being made easier for people to use because that's ultimately there is, Natasha sort of mentioned it, who's, who's getting the money from that? There's always a company behind it. And ultimately the company is always trying to serve or fulfill a purpose. And so whatever that may be, it's going to become easier for me to understand it at some point. Beyond that too, uh, which is funny, the note that she says, an AI coach, who gets paid? Um, it's just an interesting thought process because as as she was sharing that, I was thinking, well, as a, how many times have we outgrown a technology? Have we been using something that was once cutting edge or once, and, and it is no longer, it is now kind of old. And so we move on to something else or something better because it, even technology ages uh, or and things like that, it, it becomes out of date and, and not current anymore. It, it suffers the same from the same, uh, I guess, flaws that we as human beings suffer from. So I think that there's a little bit of comfort in knowing that, in knowing that that um, we can sort of adapt as we wish and as we choose. Um, but at some point, the most cutting edge thing in the world is going to become old and used and, and old technology. Um, so so I think that, that we have a tremendous ability to uh, recreate ourselves and adapt, and we're not reliant on a programmer to do it. We're just relying on ourselves. And so that brings some comfort to me in, <laughs> in knowing that. So, um, and I think that is all I've got. <laughs> so once again, we'll be doing this next week. Natasha will be here. Um, we will, it, we will be on at four o'clock next week, Pacific Standard Time. In the meantime, make sure you check out Certified Life Coach Institute. And if you like the video, share, comment, like, and all that good stuff. Hey everyone, thanks for tuning in to today's episode. Once again, this is brought to you by Certified Life Coach Institute. We're an ICF accredited school who certifies our life coaches in three-day online intensive courses. In addition to other podcast episodes, feel free to check us out every Tuesday at 4 o'clock p.m. Pacific Standard Time on YouTube or Facebook for our CLCI Lives, where we get together and discuss various topics that are centered around sharpening your skills so you can become a better certified life coach. For more information, feel free to visit us at certifiedlifecoachinstitute.com. Until next time, be well.